day 237. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So, Zachariah. All right. So, the book of Zachariah. Yeah. If you read this morning, you were probably like, yo, <laughs> what's what happening? The, what in the world is going on? Um, yeah. And yeah, basically context. All right. So Zechariah is this prophet. He prophesies at the same time as Haggai does. Right. Right. And so he's prophesying to the uh, Israelites that came back from exile. Yeah. So they're on the backside of exile. He's prophesying to them and he's telling them as well, you guys need to rebuild the temple. Right. right? God's temple needs to be restored. Just like Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel said, yo, God's going to restore all these things and you guys have a hand in it. Yeah. Um, but he's going to receive these eight visions. Right. Right. And they're going to explain current events. Yep. But also what's to come in the future. Right. And what we have to realize is that the prophets receive visions and that's revelation from God. Right. That is God revealing his word and his decrees to his people. Right. And just like now, God's word helps us make sense of current events. And, although we got to be careful. <laughs> right. Right. And future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's similar to what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the tone of the book, how it starts off. Right. It's this. Vision from God, but God's kind of saying, yo, yeah. like, where are they now, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, have you ever seen the uh, the where are they now joints where it's like yeah. your favorite actor yeah, and like, where are they now? Some people are well, and some <laughs> folks are like, dang, you used to be. You let themselves go. The yeah. man back in the, right. Yeah. And God's saying, all right, look, your ancestors, mm-hmm. remember how I told them to repent and all of that? God's saying, look, where are they now? Mm-hmm. Right? But where's my word now? Right? Mm-hmm. My word outlived and outlasted them. Yeah. They didn't repent. Yeah. They're nowhere here. <clears throat> so y'all listen to me, right? Mm-hmm. Follow my word. Mm-hmm. Obey. Keep the covenant. Sure. And you'll see that this is the pathway towards blessing. Yeah. And the book starts off, right? So this is huge. Mm-hmm. In the prophets. This book starts off and it says, and so the people repented, mm. right? And they turned. And so then God's going to explain, man. But the thing that just struck out to me is like, bro, um, when a story begins mm. with repentance, mm-hmm. most of the time you can be ensured that it's going to be a story with a happy ending. Mm. Stories that begin with repentance. Mm-hmm usually are stories with happy endings. And so um, I know the end of this book is open-ended as mm-hmm. we're waiting, but I, mm-hmm. but but I just think, man, that struck me this morning that you would have a group that's like, yo, they heard God's word and they repented, or at least it seems like it, yeah. and then the visions are going to come and God's going to continue to drive home. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good, man. Yeah. yeah. Starts off with repentance, like you said. Super good. And then he gets into these visions, right? So, right. like, and we're going to, yeah, be brief. So, vision one, all right? So, again, this is like apocalyptic literature. So, there's a bunch of symbolism, right? right? So, it's not like super literal. And you'll be trying to like, <laughs> right, right. Uh, your brain will be hurting, trying to make sense of every little detail. But in the first vision, he just sees a man riding on this chestnut horse Mm. standing among these myrtle trees. And behind him, there's other horses, right? And the text will say the land is at 
peace. Very important. And this simply denotes what, what he's talking about here is what's happening in their current time. The land is at peace because Persia has conquered Babylon and Persia allowed these cats to come back home. Right. Right. They allowed them to come back to their land. And God is like, yo, listen, listen, listen. I'm going to give you guys my promises. I'm going to return to Jerusalem. So there's this kind of play on the word shuv in Hebrew, which means to turn or return or repent. So the Israelites return back to their land. God tells them return to him in repentance. Right. And God is like, I'm going to return home in Jerusalem. And so that's all he's saying here. And he's like, yo, comfort and prosperity will flow out of Zion, right? Just like I promised before. And again, the people were trying to rebuild the temple. They were receiving opposition from the surrounding nations at the time, the Samaritans, people who stayed in the land, all that kind of stuff. And this is meant to motivate and energize them. And that's what God's word does, right? It motivates us to continue in the Christian life, Uh even when things don't seem like they're working. No, no, that's a good word, bro. Just because it's like, you know, as we've talked through like time and again, man, it's really God's word and his promises that fuel us towards faithfulness. Because we constantly find ourselves like, you know, when we disobey God's word, we feel the trouble that comes from it. When we obey God's word and do the right thing, Mm -hmm. nothing in life is really all that we hoped it would be, right? So in the last book, it's like, nah, they obeyed and they started to build, but they're like, yo, something's off. It's just not right. And so yeah. we can't expect our surroundings really to be the fuel for what we're going to do. If we're going to obey and be faithful, it's got to be pushed along by God's word. Absolutely. Yeah. Second vision, four horns. These four horns represent Assyria and Babylon. The four, hun- four, four horns. Ah, the four horns in this text is said to have scattered Judah. Right. Right. And so we know those are, those are uh, Assyria and Babylon, but God is saying here, these blacksmiths are going to come and I'm going to scatter them. Right. (laughs) Right. And so we just see here like, no, no, no. Like God is going to judge the nations that he used to judge you. Again, the text is trying to show us God is sovereign over history. Right. And at the same time, he is always going to take vengeance for his people. You mess with, them, you messing with him. Yeah. Kind of like in Fresh Prince. Um, I don't know if you remember the episode. I've seen every episode of Fresh Prince. <laughs> There's this episode where Will goes to this pool hall and this uh, dude tears him <laughs> up. And so he comes home. He's like, Uncle Phil, man, I lost the... He said, I lost the car. I think he bet the car on the pool game. Yeah. And so Uncle Phil had to come and take vengeance mm. for his nephew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if he was messing with his nephew, he was messing with him. So kind of like that here. Ah, that's good, bro. Yeah. Uh, chapter two, the... Third vision, right? Yeah. Comes in to take an assessment. Jerusalem's going to read. Boy, got the tape measure out. Like, (laughs) what you doing? No, no, I'm measuring, man. I'm measuring. Right. Yeah. The beauty of this one is that, oh, all right, the boundaries are going to be enlarged. Amen. Right. That this new city, that it's not just about, though Jerusalem was God's people and they were sent into exile, Mm -hmm. now as they return, as God seeks to build this new city, right? This new city is actually going to fulfill its old purpose Mm. because it was never meant to just be a city for itself. The Mm. borders were supposed to expand to invite folks in. And we see some of that in this vision, right? Absolutely. Mm, And just the goodness of God accomplishing his original purpose Mm -hmm. 
through or in spite of mm-hmm. the disobedience and restoration of his people. Yeah. God yeah. wanted the nations. Right. And he's going to get the nations. Yeah. Like, yeah, no right, matter right, right. what the people right. did, he's like, yo, all the nations will be flocking Oof. to me. So we see that Jerusalem, again, is central right. to God's plan. The city, the actual physical place is central to God's plan yeah. in that the nations will stream to it. Mm-hmm. In the worship of Yahweh, and again, now this is future, right? right? This right, is not. Right. This is not now. They are looking at this temple like, bro, <laughs> nation's gonna come to this, this little temple, right? And so right. this is future, right? God is building His city, but He's also restoring and renewing the entire creation. Mm. We see that here through Jerusalem. All right, Vision Four. So more glimpses into what God is going to do. He talks about this guy Joshua. Now right. it's not that Joshua, no. right? Promised Land Joshua, right? But it's another cat Joshua who came yep. up, right? He's actually a priest. And he actually works here to symbolize the whole nation, right? So he's going to have one of these filthy garments, and God is going to say, yo, take them off. I'm going to cover you with these festive robes. And so what we realize is in the exile, bro, the priesthood was non-existent. Right. There was no priesthood. There was no, we ain't had no temple. Right. What do we need priests for? (laughs) You know? And so God is like, no, no, no. I'm going to restore the priesthood as well, Mm. right? And so Joshua is that guy here. He's the guy commissioned to do that. And God is like, yo, be faithful, obey me so that the priesthood could be restored and I'll forgive sin and you will mediate my presence back to this place. And yeah, Joshua and then uh, we have in Vision 5 talking about Zerubbabel. One of the things that's interesting is that Joshua is a priest. Zerubbabel is from the line of David. He's not a king. He's a governor because they don't have a king right Right. now. They're under Persian captivity. But they're right next to each other purposely because we know that this priest king is going to come and make things right Mm. jesus and i love what it says in chapter uh four man where it talks about god's spirit right it's like yo um yeah you know where does it say uh but my spirit says the lord of armies right this is the word of the lord not by strength or by might yeah but by my spirit so what we see is listen these leaders can't do this right any of themselves Mm. they need the spirit and power of god and i love the book of acts can't wait till we get there. Right. The book of Acts, the spirit comes down and we see all these apostles who were once fearful, telling Jesus not to go to the cross, shook, right? right? Peter, cats that saying, I don't even know Christ. Yep. Turn around, have the spirit. And now what they're going to do, they're not going to build a physical temple. They're going to build God's house by preaching the gospel That's and amazing. bringing in the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you don't leave us um in the dark, Lord, though it may feel like we're in the dark, it's actually your word that gives us light and reminds us uh, that there is a beautiful light at the end of the tunnel that you're hastening us towards. Father, help us uh, to really trust in you today to be reminded that from the small victories to the big ones, mm-hmm. uh, Lord, from yes, the small God. battles to the large ones, we don't win any of them. Uh, by our might, but it's by your spirit provided to us uh, through your grace and your kindness. I pray we would be people that walk in the power of that spirit today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.